This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. And today, my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, is kind of probably in the air by now going back to New York City because uh, we did a television show yesterday with some people on handling the holidays after a loss. So we're pretty excited about our television shows that we're doing now through public access. And I just want to say to you, public access is amazing because we cannot get any traction on the transformational power of grief from the general media, and public access has given Heidi and I the opportunity to come in and do shows, hour-long and half-hour shows on handling um, the holidays, child loss, spouse loss, all sorts of things we've done so far. And in the spring, we're going to be doing recording in New York City with public access. So we're very excited about this. And if you want to know where to go to see our shows that are on public access, we are posting them on our website. They'll be on YouTube there, so you can see them. And we hope that you'll look for public access in your area that's having our show. And also, if you have any sway with public access television shows in your area, you can go have your public access station. You can approach them, ask them to go on PEG Media. That's P-E-G Media. Our shows will be posted there. Your public access people know that they can download those shows when they look for material. So I hope you'll think about doing that and giving your public access station a call or writing them a letter. We have 1,500 public access stations in the United States that could be downloading these shows on grief, loss, and recovery. And if you have any ideas for shows, you can get a hold of us through opentohope.com and give us your ideas for a TV show that you'd like to see and maybe that you want to be in on the transformational power of grief. Well, today we've got a great guest on the show, and I've met her, and I love her, Mary R. Morgan. She is a great lady and lives in New York City. Heidi and I were able to meet her in New York. She's a social worker and is a licensed psychotherapist, and she specializes in working with the twinless twins, so people who have lost a twin, a sibling. She lectures on the subject of twin loss and has held a bereavement group for twins who died in the 9-11 Trade Center disaster. And she's author of a wonderful book, Beginning with the and a memoir of twin loss and healing. Well, Mary, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so happy to be with you, Gloria. This is really nice. Uh, it's great. You know, um, I remember way back in the 60s, my husband and I lived in New York City. We actually lived in Queens. And I remember at that time, I think your dad, Nelson Rockefeller, was governor, right? Yes. And a terrible tragedy happened. Uh, Michael Rockefeller, Nelson Rockefeller's son and your brother, was missing in New Guinea. And we all had heard about it. He, I believe, was on the uh, board of the Metropolitan Museum. Is that correct, Mary? No, he was he was a young board member of the Museum of Primitive Art. Oh, of Primitive Art. Okay. And didn't they put his uh, some of his art in the um, Museum of Modern Art in the Sculpture Garden for a while, or am I wrong? Um. Well, some of the things he collected in New Guinea were exhibited there for a very short time, and also at yeah. the Whitney Museum. He had one father. Michael made this extraordinary collection from the Asmat peoples along the southern coast of New Guinea, and um, that's where he lost his life on the second trip that he made to collect these objects and these sculptures, some of whom were very, very large, like 40-foot canoe 
and huge beach poles. Like they were kind of a totem pole, probably 25 to, you know, 28 feet, some of them, huge. They are all in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I was going to say that because I was just there recently and we walked in and looked at him and it was exciting to see them. And and the things that he has given to the world uh, was really amazing. But what we didn't know in the 60s, what I didn't know when we were all, it was over a long, you know, weeks that nobody knew what happened to him and there was speculation and the news was very high about it and all that. But what I didn't know until just recently is he's your twin. Yes. That that was... That's absolutely right. And, um, you know, when this happened, um, Father and I went out there together to search for him in New Guinea. And that was um, a very, very, um, that was the beginning of my grief experience, which wasn't connected directly with death in the beginning because everybody hoped he would be found. Mm-hmm. And um, but of course he was not found. He tried to swim ashore from this capsized boat um, that had capsized in the delta of the Alandan River, and then it was swept out to sea. And he and the other and this other anthropologist who was with him as a translator, um, they um, tried to, to paddle the upside down catamaran that they were on very small made of two canoes with just a platform and uh it was impossible and so after one after 24 hours he decided the best thing that he could do would be to swim the other man really didn't know how to swim very well and so michael decided that was the only hope they had it's an extremely remote jungle area with these huge rivers that bisect it um and um so he was hoping he could swim ashore and maybe make it to one of the tiny little villages to get help. And But he was never seen or heard from again. Wow. And, and I want to tell people that this riveting story that Mary is telling about is in her book, The Beginning of the End, A Memoir of Twin Loss and Healing. It's riveting. And there's also a lot of charm in this book, Mary, because I love hearing about your childhood and the little vegetable garden that you and Michael did together, and the things that you did. It is a very charming book, compelling, and really I would suggest that it is a wonderful read that will touch your heart. But Mary, I want to ask you specifically about twin loss now for a minute. What's different about a twin loss? Yeah, I, I, see, I think twin loss is really unique in, in the, it is another form of deep personal loss. There's no question. And I wrote the book, you know, for people who've had deep personal loss, using my story as a kind of magnifying lens. In other words, twin loss just sort of explodes the issues and puts them right in your face. And there are really two unique issues that define, um, that, that make the twin bereavement experience unique. The first one is the twin bond. And twins, and from the moment of connection, are growing in relationship. So that means in the womb, the tiny embryos, whether they be fraternal or identical, are growing in relationship. Yeah, and after birth, you have your own language, right? And your own movement. Right, well, but even, but, but you know, I wanted to point out one other thing that's so extraordinary for people to know. I was so blown away by this, that the new sonogram studies are showing that twins 
that they are reaching out to each other in a kind of primitive relationship. Wow, even in the womb. At 14 weeks of age. Wow, that's incredible. 14 weeks. That is extraordinary. So by the time they are born, the little I, that sense of who you are as a person, is framed in a we. Mm -hmm. And that is the key to understanding twin bereavement. Now, what have you found? I know you were working with the 9-11 families and, and you did twin group. What's been the hardest thing for twins? For those folks out there who are listening to the show now, and they are twinless twins, what is the hardest thing for them and what do you suggest? Well, I think that the, the issue, first of all, is whether the twins and, and any twins that are listening have really um, established a sense of their own identity. I think that needs often for twins to be the first thing that happens. I know in my own life, until I really got a sense of myself as an individual and felt safe with my own identity as an individual, it was very hard for me to let go um, my brother in terms of really coming to grips with the fact that he was gone, he was dead, and that that the physical manifestation of him in my life has to be let go. Mm -hmm. And so that first identity step needs to be sure to be taken, and that's something that's really important for therapists to know. Now, how would I do that for me? I'm a twin, and I may not go to a therapist. A lot of people don't go to therapists. I'm a twin. Now, how... Do I do it? Can I write my story? I'm probably telling it after I lose my twin, recognizing that I am, uh, well, I, I am a, not no longer a twin lit with a living twin. You're always a twin, obviously, yeah. but you're not a twin with a living sibling. Well, I think that the most important thing is the, is to start listening because we heal in connection, mm-hmm. and we heal in connection to ourselves. And that is where we are. So we need to start listening to who we are and where we are. As a Mm -hmm. grieving person, we are listening to our, we're listening and accepting our feelings and expressing them in some form. And in terms of this identity issue that you just wanted me to describe, how, how twins might deal with that, I think it's very important to start listening to yourself in terms of Everything that comes up. Twins are so used to talking to the other twin before they even know what they really think about something. Mm-hmm. And you have to get used to saying, you know, what do I think about what that person said? Ah, and, and talk to yourself. Yeah, self-talk. Exactly. Just- you have to, to begin to form a new relationship to yourself so that your own sense of the I really can come forward in your life. Wow, Mary, that's a really profound thought. I never thought about you. You've been speaking to the other, and now you are the I. You are the other. You are you are it. That's exactly right. And you need need and and it takes time to do that. And twins need to claim the time they take to heal and to explain to their therapists. Get their therapists to, you know, to, to learn, and they can go to the Twinless Twin um, uh, Support Group um, International, which is, you can go to my website, www.beginningwiththeend.com, um, and look under resources, because 
there um, are, are, are articles there and in, in at the Twinless Twin Support Group International, also articles on my website, which help you to, to learn how to begin that journey and what books are helpful. And um, what I do with my book is to try to go through, because it took me 27 years to heal, Gloria. That's mm-hmm. a long time. Twins do not need to have that happen because today we have... One, we have an extraordinary way of connecting with other people through the Internet. Right, like, absolutely. And then things like your radio show and all that is just such a gift to people. And two, we, 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 ha- we, ha- we, we need to claim our healing, our mm-hmm. healing journey, because our culture does not support that. And, you know, Mary, Heidi's not here to say this, and I, uh, but I will say what she would say. Siblings in general are unacknowledged. And then think about it as being a twin. You know, you really do have to stand up and sometimes claim your grief and not listen to people say you need to be strong for your parents, you know, whatever, uh, that you do have that loss. You know, when the twins in the Trade Center disaster, um, that I, I worked with these twins who lost their twin in the Twin Tower uh, uh, when they collapsed. And um, that was an extraordinary experience for me. And, you know, they, they had, they said just what you did. Often nobody recognized them as twins. And the, the support that was given for families was given for, um, the wives and husbands of the people who lost their lives and or the children of these people and or the parents. But nobody ever thought of giving any support to any twin or even to recognize Absolutely the, not. Yeah. yeah. And often, not often, but most, most times, that's the most important relationship that the, that the um, you know, that the uh, twin has is the other twin. Well, Mary, I love it. It's wonderful. And I, I want to tell people to thank you so much for, uh, you know, doing the twin thing and having your website. And, and I would suggest you have a national conference for uh, Twinless Twins, right? Yes, that's all part of the Twinless Twin Support Group International. And I work at that for a week every summer. And again, that, that's on my website. And, and if you, you can also just Google Twinless Twin support group and you'll come right up with that. Oh, thank you, Mary. And and I as again I want to say to people that this is not only it's a heart rendering story about Michael, it's it's a story about Mary, her experience also growing up in how did you say it? Botanico Hills, is that what it's called? Yeah. Growing up Botanico Hills was the name of, of the town we lived in. Yeah. In uh in Westchester County. It's a very uh, touching because Part of the thing that is so touching about this is it's a, a memoir also, which is important because you really connect with the twins, and it makes people like us who are not twins understand what it is to have the twin bond. And it's a real gift, not only to twins, but to uh, therapists or, or people, family members. Or, there are more twins out there with in vitro than they've ever been, and uh, so more risk for loss. And thank you so much, Mary. This is really a, a beautiful thing that you've done for the world. Well, I, I hope to touch those places of isolation and disconnection that people have in deep personal grief as well as just the twins and let people know that there's a natural healing process that we're given and that we need to be able to connect with that actively. 
and I try to show that in my book. All right. Thanks again so much for being on the show, and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing you in New York, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to do a public access television uh, with you on Twins in New York uh, in the spring. So thanks, Mary. Great, Gloria. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.